Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast to help you not only navigate the workplace, but feel confident doing so. Now, let's talk. On episode 56 of the pod, I chatted with Louise Hipperson of the Finance Agency all about finances. Well, over the last year, she has been busy developing a resource and membership to help business owners and side hustlers like you track their finances without the overwhelm. That's why I'm so excited to share that this episode of Working Girl Talk is brought to you by Busy Numbers, the product that makes diving into your finances easy with custom dashboards and personalized support. Make sure to check the link in the show notes to learn more. It has been a long time. Scandaval has happened. We finally got the pink heart emoji and the blue one and quiet quitting was a buzzword for about 15 minutes. So I am so happy to be back with you because it has been so long. The podcast is moving into a seasonal model. So we'll be back for this season. Thank you for joining me. So happy to be back. We have lots to cover today. And on this season, we're actually going to be dropping a few what I'm calling from the vault episodes. So as you may know, right now it is a interesting time in life as a working girl for myself. So I'm getting my master's degree. I have a lot going on um, outside of this, but the podcast is always a priority because that's one of my personal missions is to help out the working girl, the professional woman, because this community is so amazing. And that is something that I never want to neglect. So seasonal show. And now we have a few from the vault episodes this season. So these are episodes that I may have recorded, interviews that I may have done a few months back. They aren't exactly fresh. They're evergreen though, still valuable. And I want to make sure we get those out there. So it'll be kind of an exciting change on this season. So some interviews that are more recent from the vault interviews. And again, some solo episodes like today. So let's dive right in and get into some headlines that the working woman just needs to know. And even if you don't, you'll learn them anyway, because they're super interesting. So let's dive right in. And let's start with each year, Fortune publishes lists that rank the highest revenue generating companies in the United States. And they released the list this year. And let's go down to the top 10. So number one is Walmart, number two, Amazon.com, three, ExxonMobil, four, Apple, five, United Health Group, six, CVS, seven, Berkshire Hathaway, eight, Alphabet, owner of Google, nine, McKesson, 10, Chevron. So there are your top 10 revenue generating companies in the United States from Fortune. Always something interesting to know. Walmart is really just reigning supreme there at number one. And next headline from the BBC, Apple has said it will no longer automatically change one of its most common swear words to ducking. So this is kind of a funny update that came out of the worldwide worldwide web developer conference this week, which is Apple's huge event. They do once a year where they announce all the new releases, the developers come together, all of that fun stuff. And this autocorrect feature has long frustrated users, they say, and they'll soon their AI will be able to detect what you really mean here. Are you trying to say duck or are you trying to use the F word pretty much? So the autocorrect change will be part of iOS 17, which 
should have a general release in around September. That's not all that came out of the web developer conference. So let's dive into a few more updates here. So CNBC actually did a really good breakdown because sometimes it's hard to digest. Maybe not all of us want to watch web developers talk all day. That's fine. So CNBC broke it down for us and talked about a few other updates with iOS 17. One of them is there will be live transcription when it comes to voicemails. They already do transcription for voicemails anyway, but it'll be live so you can know if you want to listen to the message or actually like pick up, I guess. Um, but live transcription, that will be interesting. And hopefully that means the capability for transcription is a little bit better. I don't know if anyone ever tries to look at it, but I have before and sometimes it's like not available or it isn't written out super correctly, but I really like that feature. So glad that it is getting a revamp. Another big change to voicemail is that it's also coming to FaceTime. So you can actually leave a video recording if somebody didn't pick up your FaceTime. They will be instituting a catch-up arrow in group chats to, that allows you to jump up to the message that, that you can start reading at because you've missed so many. So that catch-up arrow will go back to the stop where you the, go back to the part where you last read. So you can catch up on group messages. And then the last one, or I guess I have two more. So Apple also review revealed that they have a new feature along with AirDrop called Name Drop. And this will allow you to bring your device close to another person with an iPhone or Apple Watch and share contact information instead. So like phone number, email address, that sort of thing. Um, so just the contact info version of AirDrop, which is kind of nice. So everything is just going to be one streamlined. You don't have to use any other platforms to share contact info with people. And then you can also, this one I thought was interesting. So right now the Notes app, People, I guess, use it for journaling. I actually have before. I do jot down some notes in there if I just want to have a quick, like I have a quick thought and want to keep it somewhere. So now a user can schedule journaling prompts for a certain time of day to alert you so you can journal. If, like, the example they gave was if you went on a trip, it would prompt you to journal about it in notes and it does say they are encrypted so quote no one but you can access it not even apple and quote one of their senior engineering managers said at the event so that's kind of interesting that notes encrypted but also the journaling prompts there and really a lot of the updates I noticed are about that like connection community like the group chat the FaceTime messages wanting to connect with people and the journaling prompt like wanting to reflect so all these updates are pretty cool next headline from the Atlantic I saw this post earlier this week and I wanted to dive into it because one I'm a social media girly love it but I also think it's something interesting to think about especially if you're working in social media and communications that sort of thing but even as a user of all these platforms so the Atlantic came out out with an article this week called the first social media babies are growing up and they're horrified how would you feel if millions of people watched your childhood tantrums this was super interesting to me because I've long thought about this and when I was diving into the comments on the post just because I lurk and I like to read comments and just to see like we get the temperature like what do people think about this and a lot of people I actually don't think I saw any that were in support of this most people were commenting like oh yep I've thought about this or yep good point I can't believe we share so much on social media and to be honest, I didn't want to sign up and make an account at The Atlantic, so I didn't read the whole article because it was behind um, that account paywall. But their Instagram post 
actually is very descriptive. It's a very long caption that dives into it more and you can read a little bit of the article on the preview. So if you want to read more, definitely check out those two things or you could make an account, but I didn't. So <laughs> this is just what I'm getting from all those areas, but I do think there are some important things to think about. So one, in the article, it's talking about these a girl that threw a tantrum online as a kid and now looking back at it and it's kind of embarrassing and then in the Instagram caption for promoting this article they dive into one of the subjects that they interviewed and talk about how um, her mom had overshared a lot when she was a kid and she ended up getting bullied for it in school and she ended up being somebody that shared a lot on social and then kind of took a step back and was like, what am I doing? Kind of falling into that cycle as well. And now she is an advocate for internet safety in children. So it's kind of interesting that she was able to flip to the other side of it, I guess. Um, but overall, I think it's something to think about. I've long thought about this. Um, yeah, just the the thought of like control and consent on social media and asking somebody if they are comfortable being shown on social media and videos, especially in personal settings like at home um, or in sad moments, there's been a lot of videos where it's like people are crying and upset and, and it was like a prank or something. And so there's a lot of video content like that. I'm sure you can kind of think of some of the videos that I'm thinking up too. But are we asking people for permission first? I, I don't have kids, so I don't know what that dynamic is like per se, but I guess I am a kid. I am a child, um, but I also didn't grow up it, or I'm not a child anymore, but I am somebody's child. <laughs> there's, there's the point there. Um, but, uh, that social media wasn't really a thing when I was a young kid growing up, Facebook started becoming a thing for me when I was in like high school era of life. So, I didn't super have to deal with this, but I think it's something interesting to think about just because it's a member of your family. Do you still have permission to be posting them and do they feel comfortable with that? And just because they felt comfortable with it, maybe if they do say yes, do they always feel comfortable with it? And I know that it sometimes you don't even think about it. It's like, oh, if you're in a public place or in a group setting, you're taking a picture or video for social or whatever. But I think which even that has its own like should you be asking for permission for people probably but do we always do no but in these personal settings I think it's such a different thing because it's I don't know you're young you're growing up these tantrums specifically like that line they said how would you feel if millions of people watched your childhood tantrums I think that's kind of like the sad part here is that there is that emotional factor that comes with a lot of these social posts or people who are highlighting children or family members usually it has that emotionally charged element there was okay I don't remember the exact scenario but does anyone remember a few years ago there was like this YouTube video that kind of went viral because she forgot to cut out the part where she was telling the kid to cry more does anyone remember that I again look it up fact check me because I don't remember who it was or the context but I remember it was kind of strange because they were supposed to be sad and the kid wasn't crying enough apparently either way this is kind of a strange phenomenon to be thinking about I do agree that we probably need to be more cognizant of how we're presenting others online especially family members especially in personal moments because you don't know how they'll feel about it later. So something to think about for sure. And now a word from our sponsor. As a business owner or side hustler, it is so important to know the numbers behind your business, but it's not always easy to understand them, unfortunately. 
that's where today's sponsor comes in. A Busy Numbers membership provides financial visibility, education, and support to empower business owners to take control of their their numbers and make informed decisions. Before taking on any sponsor for this show, I really wanted to make sure it was a product or company that aligned with Working Girl Talk's mission. And I'm so proud to have Busy Numbers as the first ever sponsor because this tool is designed to educate and empower business owners. And how awesome is it that it was created by a past guest? So Luis was showing me the custom-built dashboards the other day uh, when we were talking about this partnership and they are super easy to navigate and provide super informational insights, helpful information, and they're customizable. And that's not all. Through your Busy Numbers membership, you get access to Q&A calls with Louise. These calls are anonymous, so you can feel comfortable asking questions about a sensitive area of your business. Tap the link in the show notes to make Busy Numbers your financial safe space and go learn more. Follow Busy Numbers on Instagram as well so you can learn more about this platform that is designed to help you. Thank you so much to Busy Numbers. Now back to the show. Other updates. So Adam Mosiri, who is head of Instagram, he did a video last week. It's about seven-ish minutes long, posted it on his Instagram account, and he was explaining the Instagram algorithm. And most of it are things we already know or can already guess. Oh, the more you engage with an account, the more you'll be served that type of content. There are a lot of triggers. The part that was kind of interesting there is he was just talking about like the triggers that will tell Instagram you do like that kind of content. So like saving something or sending it to somebody, those types of things. So nothing totally groundbreaking there, but I do appreciate the effort. But toward the end of the episode, he talked a little bit more about shadow bans. And if you thought your content was being banned or suppressed by the algorithm, that there were steps you could take to actually check it out. So he talked about a few settings that you can dive into to see the status of your account, to see if content on your account is getting suppressed, which I thought was super interesting and actually pretty helpful. Sometimes... It's hit or miss with resources that, t- that companies in general provide, but I actually thought this was a very helpful resource and shout out to them for putting this out because I know that's one of, that's always a question is the algorithm and that's always the point of blame too is the algorithm. So I'm glad they um, were able to put something out that kind of explained it a little bit. And that is, those are our news updates today and hopefully you learned something and if not, you have some convo for the water cooler at work and do water coolers are you are those even a thing I guess they still are I don't know I always have to fill mine at the water fountain at work so I don't know my water bottle so there we go but so you'll have conversation at work in the end Uh, but I just wanted to dive into uh, a weekly reminder here so over the past few weeks and just reflecting on some different scenarios in general different communication styles at work Everybody communicates differently. And I still remember one once upon a time in college, I was in a um, I was in a club that we toured different marketing agencies, PR agencies, that sort of thing. And we went to an agency once upon a time that um, at their desks, I noticed they had kind of like a little chart thing. And it was like a how to communicate with me, how to talk with me. And it kind of talked about like, oh, like 
I need small talk first or it's like get to the point that sort of thing because they communicated differently that may have been a little bit extra but I thought the sentiment was pretty interesting especially if you're communicating with somebody that you don't regularly talk to and needed some advice on how to actually approach them to get a positive outcome. So just thinking of that, I don't think companies need to necessarily do that, although that is kind of an interesting idea. It just made me think in general as a working gal that we need to just be cognizant of the different communication styles. Somebody receiving information may not be the same way that we would receive information and that you really got to kind of pay attention to that, especially as you're communicating to coworkers you're working with, managers, that you need to be cognizant of how people take in information the best because at the same time, that's going to work out in your benefit in your favor as well because then you'll get to that outcome that you both are looking for. So something to think about this week that we all have different communication styles and that it's something to think about and something to be patient with too as you maybe you're working with a new team, maybe it's a new job or a new work environment that it's part of that learning process and onboarding process um, is being patient with yourself and with others on how to best communicate and best work together as a team. So that's been something on my mind this week and something for you to think about as well. And lastly, for today's Friday favorite, it is the Barbie soundtrack. So the Barbie movie comes out in just a few weeks, about a month-ish, I think. And they released a few songs, two to be exact as of this moment, on the Barbie soundtrack. And it's amazing. So we have a Carol G song. We have a Dua Lipa song. They're just amazing songs. And I'm so excited for this movie. And that's it. That's all you need to know. No, go listen to the Dua Lipa song, the Carol G song. They are fantastic. With that, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review for the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Become a follower on Spotify, on Apple. And we will be back for this season, which I'm so excited about. There will be some fun interviews and some fun insight. And as always, here to keep you informed as the working gal so you can impress your boss and coworkers with all your random knowledge about what's going on in the business world. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow the podcast on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And I will talk to you next week.